a big welcome to all of you for joining the AFT podcast today. And just a little background as to why we're doing the podcast is as a small business, when we were starting, you know, we, we sought all the information we could from other vendors of ours and partners and peers and colleagues to get any information on how we could better our business. And the purpose of this podcast is to bring on guests that can give us insights from social media, marketing, uh, small business, entrepreneurship, and even some of the aspects of our industry, you know, from building science to energy efficiency to healthy living and, of course, solar power. So today we brought on Don D. McAdoo. And Don D. is a good friend of mine, as you'll notice from the podcast, someone I've known for a long time, really respect. And Don D. has a lot of experience. He has a background in construction. He's done development and uh, vertical construction. Uh, he's a realtor, understands real estate, has a good background, um, but also a good understanding of uh, solar power. And right now he's working for Pure Energy and one of their salespeople there. And he's actually going to be opening up an office in North Carolina. And so we really dove into solar power, uh, understanding some of the costs involved and the benefits and how it works and are there parts of the country where it performs better. So definitely stay tuned to the podcast. You'll really enjoy it. And thank you for tuning in. So welcome to the AT Construction Podcast. I am your host, Brad Levitt. And today we are excited to have my good friend, Don D. McAdoo on. Welcome, Don D. Hey, thanks for having me, Brad. It's always a pleasure. Yes. And for all of you listening, let me give you a quick background on Dondi. So if you need to protect your blind side and you need the best left tackle that can roll out as a receiver, <laughs> that would be G. He's also our neighborhood bully. We call him Debo. And, <laughs> and also he's uh he's AKA sniper on the basketball court. You know, D and I play basketball a long time. So if you need a game winning three pointer, you better be looking at D hiding in the corner somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate that. <laughs> But from, from uh, outside of athletic side, so Dondi we brought on because we haven't spent an episode yet speaking about solar power. And I know a lot of our listeners, you know, we've we've had guests on speaking about Delos, which is healthy living. Uh, we're going to be speaking about net zero. We've talked about building science a lot. And so today the podcast is going to be streamed more about solar power to educate uh, all of us listening. So Dondi, let's just kick off with this. What should we all know about solar power? Wow, that's a that's a great way to kick it off, Brad, man. Uh, believe it or not, you know, solar actually has been around for, for a while. And um, unfortunately, you know, we're just now um, really understanding it. Um, and like I say, after decades of development and, and political debate about solar energy, uh, the energy, believe it or not, Brad, is actually finally ready to stand on its own. Uh, solar power solar power projects, uh, they actually around the world are beating out fossil fuels on price and um, the good thing about that is, is that with the solar solar energy um, outperforming fossil fuels projects is that uh, other than uh, tax credits, there there are no subsidies to have to keep keep solar going. So that's being very attractive to homeowners and being able to actually implement renewable energy as a source to offset fossil fuels. That's interesting. So I know solar power. I mean, we've seen a, a, a bigger demand for it in our projects. We're putting on our custom homes uh, nationally. I know it's growing, as you mentioned. Are there certain areas of the country that are performing better than others, you know, in regard to solar? So so absolutely. So the misconception uh, with areas of the country and as far as solar, um, you know, performing more uh, is, is this, you know, you figure the hotter states, you know, the Arizona to California. Uh, yes, they produce more uh, peak energy or peak sun, which is basically um, when we're using more energy per se, which costs costs us more as, as homeowners. However, believe it or not, you know, the states that's actually cooler uh, produce more more solar energy or more efficient because 
what happens in the process is that, you know, of course, the, the panels have to have to capture the, the sunlight rays, which are then producing electrons, which electrons turn it from direct current to alternating current. And during that process, um, you know, the hotter it is, the less efficient the panels are. So the cooler states um, usually produce more energy. However, down in your southern states like California, uh, Arizona, Florida and all those states, we just get a broader span of peak time, which uh, allows the sun to be on the panels longer throughout the day. You know, that's fascinating. So even though let's just take our example here in our demographic in Arizona, even though we have a lot of sunlight, uh, what I'm understanding is that because it's so hot, especially in the summer, you know, June, July, August, when temperatures can be up to 110, 115, and maybe even warmer as the sun's just beating on the roof, you know, that can create inefficiencies in, in that solar gain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So are there parts of the country where it would be more advantageous? I know a lot of people are reluctant, maybe if they're in colder climates, but really what you're alluding to, it doesn't matter because even though you're going to have maybe cloudy or rainy days, there is still sunlight days in that on the days that sun's peeking through, you can still capture a lot of that energy. Sure, sure. And actually, the, the solar actually is still producing even on cloudy days. And I, and I use the example, um, I ask people, hey, can you actually get a, get a sunburn on a cloudy day? <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. So I grew up in San Diego, you know, and it, it is so funny because as a kid, you know, when it was overcast or cloudy, like we knew you better have sunscreen on because I, I made that mistake in summer way too many times. And and the tourists or people from out of town would come in and just get completely fried because they think, oh, it's cloudy. I don't have to put sunscreen on without realizing that that solar's still there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's producing no matter it's clouds or not and a little bit more efficient, uh, like I said, when it's in cooler, cooler states or a cooler environment. Well, that's good to know. So are, are, I know if, Primarily, you know, solar power is installed on the roof. Um, it can also be installed maybe in solar fields, uh, depending on the lot size of our customer. You know, there's other places we can put it besides the roof. I mean, what are some of the typical applications that you're seeing? Right. Um, you basically hit the nail on the head. The, the typical application and the most common, of course, is is on the roof. Um, and here's the kicker. Uh, you know, you got a lot of do it yourselves out there. We call them Dan in the van and Chuck in the trucks. You know, they <laughs> want to <laughs> they actually want to install their solar. But you got to remember, you know, when you're installing your roof uh, panels on your roof, you want to make sure you're dealing with reputable companies that's licensed, bonded, insured, because uh, not only are they drilling in your roof, but um, they can also void your, your warranty on your roof uh, if these guys aren't licensed because um, the panels, you know, have to adhere or, you know, to your rafters. We, di we drill down through your tar paper. So, uh, you know, it's very, it's very important that you choose a reputable company or somebody that's licensed because without that, uh, you're pretty much, uh, you know, dealing with a, a situation where you can cause a leak in your home or, you know, when Haboob season come around here that you're, you have a, uh, a sale on your roof now. Well, it's funny you use the term haboob. So explain what that is, because I guarantee you that most of the people listening have never heard that term before I get into some of your comments about the reputable contractor. <laughs> so basically, haboob out here in the desert is, you know, a gust of wind that's creating a, a sandstorm that can come out of the middle of nowhere and sweep the sweep the uh, sweep the state from from east to west or north to south. And um, sometimes in those haboobs, they they send uh, microbursts off and. It's just a, what we would call our, our hurricane in the desert, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone picturing that, as Dee is mentioning, I mean, if you look at like Egypt, you think of the mummy movie, this huge <laughs> like mile-high wall of almost looks like a tidal wave coming. That's what we get in, in the desert with that monsoon season. Yep. And, and those microbursts, as you mentioned, I mean, that's why it, it, going to a building site, it's funny because we have a lot of 
uh, codes for um, not so much earthquake but and tremor, but also for shear, right, wind shear, microbursts, because we get these heavy winds through the desert, and especially in Haboob or monsoon season, you know, these really powerful dust storms that come through, and, you know, that's an important part. And, and, and you alluded to that. So when you're looking at install, um, it, as we're installing on our roof, solar panels, that's why I need a license insured contractor. So are you guys self-performing the install yourself or are you subbing that out to a reputable uh, third-party installer? We do our own, great question. We do our own personal installs, Brad, um, from, like you say, from the install of the panels um, down to, um, you know, the servicing from from the beginning to the end, we're, we're with you. Um, and like you say, all of our panels, they withstand category four hurricane winds, uh, golf ball size hail, and, you know, we, we offer 25-year warranties on that, uh, you know, because we do the, the installs ourselves. Which is really good. And, and you, it's funny you brought up the point about licensed, bonded, insured. And that's one of the, the biggest challenges I think we have conveying to our customer where, unfortunately, and it's just realistic, I mean, all of our customers have a budget. It doesn't matter at what end of the spectrum they are. And everyone's price conscious. And especially with construction, you know, there's... Uh, you know, it's something I do it daily on, uh, you know, bidding out, you know, certain scopes of work, whether it be solar power or electrical, plumbing, you know, roofing. And what's really important to help convey to the customers, you know, one of the challenges we have is there's a lot of information online. There's, you know, Craigslist and you have, you know, all these different avenues. And so even though there's going to be more of a price to hire a licensed bonded insured contractor, uh, when you're dealing with something such as your roof or having solar power installed, as you mentioned, you're making penetrations into that roof. And if it's not waterproof correctly and that membrane is damaged, you know, there's potential for leakage in the future. Absolutely. I always tell my customers, I say, listen, I rather apologize to you guys once about our price rather than multiple times about our parts and our services. You truly get what you pay for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so true, though. I mean, it, it it's funny. I, I don't have the image here, but one of uh, – uh, uh, one of my estimators has, has a picture, you know, it's that comment, can, can you do it cheaper? And it, it's one of those artworks of a horse, right? And so for like half of the horse is like completely detailed, great piece of art. Then the other half is drawn by like a kindergartner, right? So it, it's kind of funny. It gives you that analogy that, yeah, you can do it cheaper, but, um, sometimes there's cause and effect with that, right? Absolutely. So, you know, in regard to the roof system, um, how, has, have you guys had a challenge in Arizona? So Arizona, we know super hot. Okay. So we're, we're already going to deal with that element and, you know, have to make sure that, you know, it's installed properly and you're going to capture as much as you can. But, you know, have you guys had a challenge with our roof systems? Because we don't have a lot of composite shingles like other parts of the country, you know, and in some, in some cases, a modern home is going to have a foam commercial grade roof or in a lot of residential neighborhoods, you're going to have like an S or flat tile concrete roof tile so does that affect your guys's install capability on any of those roof systems not at all and, and one thing about pure energy we're always um being innovative and what we come up with uh to to deal and conquer each one of those roof roofs that you explained um for our tile roofs we actually use a tile replacement mount that uh is is patented um that it want that it'll guarantee you no leaks so um, down to the foam composite roofs we can install on the foam composite roof. There's no roof, um, even down to the tin roofs. Uh, there's no roof that we can't install on with our with our mounting systems um, today. Well, that's that's good. And so let me ask you this: Do you guys ever have challenges? You know, a lot of our communities in town and throughout the country are, especially newer ones, have HOAs. They have 
municipalities and regulations? Are there is there ever pushback because of how you know solar power looks when it's installed on a roof? Right. So so here at Pure Energy, we we have what we call is a uh, red carpet service. So uh, all the way from down from reserving your your um, solar installation with the utility company to dealing with your HOA. And we love dealing with the HOAs because uh, unfortunately, uh, us as homeowners, we're sometimes ignorant of the fact and the, and the laws that's going on with what we can do as far as renewable energy and placing solar in our home that we typically believe the first thing that we hear. And sometimes the, the HOAs, uh, you know, they they say that solar is is not allowed on the front of your home or or even you can't have solar. And it's funny when we face those because solar being a federally funded program, you cannot deny solar. Um, so um, it's every time we face that, uh, you know, we always win, win that battle. So we always deal with that personally. Uh, we take that responsibility um, from, from the customer through a, you know, basically like a power of attorney sign and then we can deal with all the paperwork for them so they don't have to to worry about those hassles. Um, another another thing that uh, homeowners are sometimes uh, weary of with the HOA and, and stand back from is, is that, well, you know, I have the optimal facing roof, which is south and it's on the front of my house and my HOA is not going to deny it, is going to deny that and not allow us to place it there, um, which is not true because uh, there's a uh, law that says basically that you can't force a homeowner to place panels on a non-efficient azimuth of your home due to the sake of curb appeal. So that's, we deal with that's oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because I, I know it's similar. I know many years ago, you know, the satellite companies, you know, had had pushed back and they, they had fought and won an arbitration right that you could have satellite dishes and very similar where solar power is a big wave of the future. And as we're looking to be more sustainable as a society, you know, that it's really important to optimize, you know, as you mentioned, the azimuth, the, the location of that solar power on the roof. So how so how expensive is it? I mean, let, let's kind of address some of these. I don't want to say rumors, but maybe some of these topics where a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's so expensive to put solar in the initial investment, you know, the kick, you know, it doesn't make sense over time. And do I save enough money on my utility bill? So so help walk us through, you know, how expensive, you know, a, a system would be to have installed. So um, that, that, that's a great, great point. Um, that That is pretty much always the question. Um, at hand. And um, th- to be honest with you, there is no no cookie cutter system as far as, hey, well, you know, you have a 1300 square foot house, you're going to need, you know, 12, ke- te- uh, 12 panels. This house has 1700 square foot house. They're going to need 20 panels. So basically what we do is uh, we do a personal analysis of your home, um, figure exactly how many kilowatts you guys are using. And then we offset your your energy accordingly um, by first taking care of all the energy efficiency things in your home. Um, because what sense does it make for us to come out and even try to give you a quote if your home is not efficient? Meaning one, you don't have proper um, insulation in your attic. Two, you have electric water heater. Or three, you have a single speed pool pump. So what, what we do and make ourselves different from all the other solar companies out there, which actually are doing a good thing because um, they are reducing carbon carbon emissions by uh, people going solar. But what helps us offset costs and help get that stigma that solar is expensive is, is that we don't just put a Band-Aid on the situation. We go in and first upgrade insulation, replace water heaters, replace uh, uh, single speed pool pumps. And by doing so now, whereas another company may say, hey, you need 30 panels to offset your energy. We say you need 20 panels. Therefore, you know, our system costing less and actually doing uh, taking care of your issue. Um, from an exact, exact standpoint of usage versus you losing um, energy through non-efficient products. And 
to address the, the, the situation as uh, far as money out of your pocket. You know, those days are long gone. A lot of companies still do it. The Dan and the Van chucking the trucks who have have not had any installs. They still need money out of their pocket. But the majority of established companies, you know, um, there's no money out your pocket. And then it's simply just basically reallocating the money that you're already currently spending um, and replacing that on your utility bill. So before I get into that financial aspect, I did want to touch on a couple of things you brought up. So so as we're looking at solar power and we understand that there's going to be a lot of variables, right? It's going to depend on what part of the country we're in. It's going to depend on, you know, how much solar we can capture. And then you only have so much roof space or you only have so much availability to install the panels. So so you're going to be looking at that. Then you're looking at maybe the year of the home construction type of the home, you know, from insulation to windows to energy loss and then evaluate their utility bills. And then you made a couple of points here. You talked about from a pool system and you talked about an electric water heater. So are you are you recommending that it's more beneficial if someone has an electric water heater as opposed to gas or a gas furnace that they're going to have more productivity because now they can almost essentially run that water heater and pool system and then some of the house off of the solar power? Correct. So basically what, we, what we're doing is, of course, gas is the most efficient that you can have. However, if you if you're stuck with, you know, all electric and in those subdivisions in those areas, there's nothing that you can do. So what we do is we upgrade your electric water heater to the new hybrid water heaters with the heat pump. Mm-hmm. So, so basically what that is, is 62 percent more efficient than the ones that you're currently using. And then with the pool pump, um, you know, basically what happens with that is that's that's costing you annually $650 to run. Uh, we replace that with a variable speed pool pump, which now costs you annually $110 to run. That's interesting. So, so you're really looking at the full aspect, and I think anyone listening should should evaluate that. So, and and the whole intent, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, let let's say hypothetically that I'm in an area where I have enough roof space, I have enough solar powers that or solar panels that I can put up. The, the whole point is that there's going to be more expense for me to put these solar panels up to offset my inefficient electric water heater, my inefficient pool pump, you know, my inefficient windows and insulation. So you're better off upgrading a few of those other elements, downsizing in the panels, and then hopefully coming to, you know, close to a neutral trade off there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and how we operate, uh, Brad, is, is that, you know, for for our model homes to help us out with marketing, we take care of those upfront costs and those energy efficiency things for the homeowner in return for for marketing exposure. Yeah, which I understand. I mean, that's, you know, we talk about when you think about sales and this is a term I often use, you know, as we're speaking is, is lost leader. And when you apply that to any company, whether it be, uh, you know, myself, maybe we're going to do a home at a discount because it's a unique opportunity with a unique client, unique mm-hmm. uh, visibility, or, you know, you have a lot of companies that, um, uh, like they talk about Costco, right? Costco has it's a lost leader, and and that's their chicken. Any of us that go buy that, you know, that roasted chicken for five bucks, you know, in the back of Costco, that they apparently lose like thirty million dollars a year selling those chickens. But it's a lost leader. So to get people into Costco, they buy that chicken, that rotisserie chicken, and then they're shopping elsewhere, right? And so in essence, that's a sales technique that you guys are using. Hey, we'll go put in the model lost leader, but at the same time, there's value in marketing to offset that investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's important. We always try to bring that value, right? I mean, marketing, think about how you can offset 
I mean, all of us are going to spend money on marketing to some extent, even if we're utilizing social media, but how can you optimize some investment dollars that now can just build that reputation and name and expertise, right? Yep, absolutely. And and and, the, and the, to, to, to piggyback off the cost, man, um, solar energy is, is cheaper than fossil fuels. Um, you can imagine back in seven, 1977 when the when the first sale was first uh, produced, it was costing seventy seven dollars per watt. Now we're down to twenty one cents per watt. It's amazing. Exactly. Yeah, it, and and that's the thing. Technology's coming, and and we're seeing a big push. You know, so so coming from you know getting back to the uh, you know cost side of things. Okay, so if you know there are some companies that are going to offer we'll just call it financing. So as you mentioned that you don't have to pay hundred percent upfront, but it's going to offset your electric bill enough that makes the payment on the panel. So really it's a gain, right? So now you're sure. being efficient, possibly saving money. You're giving back to the environment. You're being more sustainable. So how, you know, how is technology changing in the solar power industry? You know, we've seen a lot of these articles about Tesla roof tiles and I've had mm-hmm. customers ask about Tesla roof tiles. So are you seeing, other progress, other availability with competitors such as Tesla, or is there cooperation with your brand and Tesla? Great question. So, so basically, um, the only really Tesla products out there that you know that's really really affordable. Um, I, I tell my customers that they ask me when I sit down, um, and they say, "Hey, do you guys do sell Tesla Tesla uh, roof shingles?" And I say, um, "No, we don't." And I said, "Reason being is um, Tesla is more of a the panels or roof panels, shingles are more of a luxury item um, because you think about it. Uh, by the time you have to replace your whole entire roof, now come back with the Tesla panels and the equipment, you're upwards of seventy-five to to $80,000. Your return on investment uh, for that uh, is is nil, nil. And it doesn't it really doesn't make sense for 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 a, a homeowner to do so unless you can start from construction. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, and we kind of, I kind of lead it away, I lead my customers away from that because of the cost effectiveness of it. Yeah, and there is, there's a lot of cost. I mean, it's a great design. But going back to, I guess, our question on cost, and, you know, is there a percentage of customers, if they were to put solar in, that they could have a good percentage? I know it varies. Maybe there's a range there. So let's just say, hypothetically, you know, I'm paying $500 a month, you know, on a yearly plan for my electrical bill. Some people across the country will think that's extremely high, but, you know, in some of the homes here where you run an AC a lot of the year and maybe have a pool and you run that pool pump, you know, you have a large family, you know, it can easily be four to 500, especially in the summer, right? Um, sure. You know, is there a percentage where you can say, okay, I'm putting solar, I'm optimizing my energy loss, you know, I'm dropping down 30%, 40%, 50%, you know, is there a good range there? Absolutely. So, so typically, you know, what we try to do is offset you 60 to 70%. And like you said earlier, it's depending on the real estate of your roof as far as how much we can offset you, you know. And um, with that, you know, we, we make our, our proposal and, you know, we go from there. And pretty much what I tell my customers is, you know, you know, this is all solar is. Imagine if APS knocks at your door, Brad, and says, listen, I'm going off the example you just gave, gave with me. You've been a great customer. Uh, you've been paying us $500 uh, for the last 10 years. We want to do something nice for you. OK, we're going to put solar on your roof. We're going to upgrade your insulation. We're going to replace your water heater and your pool pump. All we want you to do for the next 10 years is to pay us $500. At the end of those 10 years, you can keep the panel. You can keep the remaining 25-year warranty, the insulation and the upgrade. Just pay us $20 on average. 
That's amazing. So how going back to that, you brought up APS and SRP, which are two of the big firms we're dealing with. You know, how how has their reception been? Or I would say from a national perspective, it does it differ? Are certain utility companies more prone to work um, with solar or some against it? You know, how's that relationship? Sure. So SRP, APS, you know, being the only two utility companies here in the valley, they, they basically monopolize the power. Um, SRP out here in the East Valley um, has actually done away with solar over the last five or six years. And they actually now over the last two years come back with a new plan that's basically called the customer generational plan because they found out how to make solar beneficial to the utility company during peak times. So therefore, um, and also being government. And explain you know, that real quick, if I interrupt you, D. So explain peak time because that's, you know, that's a common phrase that, you know, of course, I understand having lived here, but for those in the country, uh, you know, help walk them through what peak time means. Sure. So, so peak time is basically um, a time of day set by your utility company, um, mainly from out here. It can be from 3 to 8 or 1, 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. And basically what happens is anytime that you're using any appliances during that time, the utility company is having to have happen to use extra expensives to offset that. So therefore, during that time of day um, that you're using those appliances, your energy is going to cost you more than it would be off peak time. Right. So there's a premium. So, for example, July in Arizona from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m., there's going to be a premium. Any electrical you're using, whether it be dishwasher, you know, washer dryer, water heater and especially your AC units. Right. Because because there's so many people running their AC. I mean, really, everyone's running their AC from 1 to 8 p.m. nonstop because they're trying to keep their home at 75 as opposed to 115. It's (laughs) drawn so much power from the utility companies that there's a premium on those hours. Absolutely. So SRP, they thought that they would reintroduce solar during this time because now those people who have solar actually are being a benefit to the grid because they are putting uh, putting power back onto the grid at that time versus taking from it. And now the uh, SRP is able to sell the extra energy to the neighbors versus trying to reproduce it um, out at the plants. That's fascinating. So, so with that said, I mean, so there was pushback initially, but now they've come up with new we'll use the term product, but at least new opportunities for new users who are putting in solar to now come to agreement and, and be able to integrate that with with the uh, utility grid. Sure. So throughout your experience, you know, one thing, D, that we're doing, so we have customers that are looking really, you know, there's a term throughout the building industry called the passive house or net zero home. And, you know, and that's where, you know, we're building these homes to a caliber where, they're essentially off the grid, right? So depending on the windows that we're installing, maybe triple glaze or quad glaze or um, insulation and construction types and you know roof panels and ICF and all these different terms and construction materials and installs, you know, and our overhangs to make sure the sun's not hitting, how do we absorb heat? How do we absorb um, you know, cool temperatures and then use those? Um, and, and the only way to really do that is we have to have solar power. So can you effectively go off the grid, you know, if these construction types are similar and you have solar power? Absolutely. And actually, with all the things that you said, it would make it even easier to go off the grid because we, w- we wouldn't have to use as many panels. OK, um, now with saying that, you got to remember, um, any utility company is not in the business of paying 
its customers. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> so so there is a sweet spot. And, uh, you know, basically what we do is we offset you pretty much 150% of whatever your highest kilowatt hour month was used. And basically what that would do is uh, pretty much net you what they call as a grid connection fee for APS. And it can range anywhere from 19 to 25 bucks, depending on the size of your system. However, though, at the end of the year, um, you have accumulated enough credits where APS will actually actually cut you a check to cover anything that you paid for that grid connection fee during the month. And that's pretty much how we size our system. We don't try to size it to um, cause APS to send you a thousand dollar check. It's really not in your best interest to do that. So how does that, you know, when you're looking at Arizona and, and if we're trying to build, you know, we have a project upcoming that, you know, we're aiming to be net zero, right? It's going to be truly off the grid. Um, mm -hmm. So w when you're looking at solar powers is do the panels last as long in Arizona as opposed to Louisiana or North Carolina um, because of the, the heat, the amount of heat where that, you know, that technology is out there in, in the extreme <laughs> conditions? So that's that question um, is answered if you're buying your panels from us or Dan in the van and Chuck in the truck who buy them from Harbor Freight. <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, so that you get what you pay for. Um, realistically speaking, um, a lifespan on the panel, you can expect anywhere from 40 to 50 years. We've seen panels last even 80 years. So uh, with our materials, we guarantee you your utility bill from day one to 25 years that it would be the same. Which is impressive. And, you know, so, okay, so now that we know that these panels will perform, you know, there's warranty behind them. And we've talked about some of the, you know, how to maximize these. We know that, you know, there's utility companies now participating. Is the federal government still offering incentives? I know, especially in 2010, 11, 12. There are a lot of incentives for doing solar power and rebates. Is that still happening with the federal government? Absolutely, uh, Brad. Um, last year, um, it was 30 percent. However, um, the this the credits are now diminishing this year in 2020. It went down to 26 percent. 2021 to be 22 percent. And then after that, they'll go away. So, so so really what you're alluding to is that if you want to do solar power, now's the time, right? Because of the rebates that are out there. Sure. Sure. And, and here's what's funny and odd about us as, as humans. Um, like you were saying, 2010, 2009, pretty much solar was free. You can offset all your energy, get a 20 kilowatt system on your roof for probably a thousand dollars. Nobody wanted to do it. And why is that? Why didn't people want to do it? You know, they had it's too new. Uh, you know, uh, we don't want to be the first ones. You know, so forth and so batteries on. Batteries die. Batteries are too expensive. You know, or you know, it doesn't last long. You have to replace a system in five years. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stigmas, right, that you were dealing with. Right. And now, however, though the system is, you know, ten times, three times that. You know, um, everybody wants to do it. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, we, we seem to always be that way, I guess. And. You know, one of the challenges, and not to get political, I mean, one of the problems of us anyways here in America is, you know, we're heavy consumers, right? Like we we consume a lot of product and we utilize a lot of natural resources and um, wasteful, I guess you could say, right? And that's why I think all of us need to be a little more conscious about how we're going about and, and, and making decisions, right, to, for future generations, for sure. And here's what's even funny. From, from the time that that started where the, the – the utility company was offering all those rebates 
It's only been a 4% efficiency gain. (laughs) (laughs) That's a crazy percentage, you know, to understand that. Right. So, so what do you do? You know, is there a way to store energy? Because if the utility companies aren't allowing us, uh, maybe top dollar, let's say, and, and they are helping with some of the rebates and peak hours and stuff like that. Are there systems, backup generators, backup batteries, where we can actually store that energy, hold it, and then use it before we have to tie into the grid, essentially, and, and use the utility power? Yes, there is, Brad. However, um, I really don't recommend that to our customers, and this is why. Um, batteries can be expensive. Um, I can roughly give a customer a 10-kilowatt battery, cost them 10 grand, run their AC for two hours after the sun goes down. Okay. Now it's cheaper for us to overproduce you because net metering is still working. So produce you over for more than what you consume during the day for what you use at night is cheaper than you having to go and pay for a battery. Okay. So what, what you're saying is that, yeah, you're looking at, okay, costs, you know, we're comparing the value there. So, you know, as opposed to spending $10,000 on this battery, that was only going to store enough energy to power the AC for two hours at night. So it's not even going to work in the middle of the day. You know, you're, you're better off to spend those dollars on increasing the size of the panel and, and capture to, to essentially affect that net metering. Right. Because the technology for batteries are really aren't there right now because there's no demand for it because net metering is still prevalent and the utility companies are still paying. And this is why the utility company will always in my opinion, honor net metering, because as soon as they don't honor net metering or buy back the energy, that's when the development of batteries will come on rampantly. And then at that point, we don't need the utility company anymore because the extra energy that we produce will just store it on our battery and use it at night or throughout the day. So, uh, you know, that, and that's the difference right now, why the utility company will always make sure they balance correctly. And the other reason why we really don't need batteries right now because of the net metering and we don't need to adhere to extra cost because we can overproduce you cheaper than it is for you to go out and buy a battery for storage. That's interesting. So there's that balance, right? Because they're looking mm-hmm. at it that, I don't want to say monopolize or keep their competitor out there, but they realize that, hey, there has to be some incentive here to net meter it or else, you know, batteries would be produced. And essentially now we have all these homes going off the grid and there's not really a need for us to be around. I mean, with the exception of maybe some large, you know, commercial projects and and public transportation, other things that would be really hard to essentially, um, you know, solarize and make completely off off the grid. Man, let me put something in perspective for you. If we were to cover the Mojave Desert with solar rays, it would generate more than twice as much electricity as U.S. uses annually. So I, you hear this, right? I mean, you hear, you know, people talk about, well, if we, you know, if we had this much solar power, why, then why is that not more prevalent? Why aren't we doing that? I know as we drive, make a drive from Arizona to San Diego, right? You'll see solar fields as you're driving out. Why is there not more of a demand or more progress, you know, than with solar power to optimize it? Political. Saudi. (laughs) Saudis. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that it has to do, of course, I mean, petroleum, right? I mean, that's really what you're alluding to is that there's there's a big demand for petroleum, you know, here in our country, Canada, Texas, you know, to the Middle East. Exactly. Well, D, I, it, it's funny. We'll, we'll keep we'll stay on topic because, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways we can go with that with the political thing, especially with everything happening now. So how, how you know, 
if, if I were to put a system in today, is there a certain duration as far as when I need to have it serviced? I know there's warranty involved, so there's going to be a long warranty there, but is there, uh, you know, five years I'm looking at having it serviced and replaced, or is it a yearly inspection? I mean, is there maintenance involved? No, that's a great question. Uh, solar panels require little to no maintenance. Um, pretty much the, the only maintenance that you should need to perform is to wash your panels. Okay. And the only time I would say you need to do that is if your wife is OCD. (laughs) 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 Because, because of the materials and the products that we use, um, our panels, they're pretty much double-sided. So basically we use a piece of silicone glass, monocrystalline crystals on the inside. And on the bottom of those monocrystalline crystals are, are reflectors that basically pretty much allows the sunlight to hit the silicone glass, come back through and bounce back through for double efficiency. Interesting. So, so you don't have to get up there. Let's say we talked about this earlier in conversation. We have a lot of monsoons. We have a lot of haboobs here in town. Um, so even as you know, d- we get a lot of dust and dirt. You know, uh, you don't have to essentially have those cleaned, and and make sure that they have a clean reception. You know, to the solar power that's out there. Right. So, so the little bit of rain that we do get uh, with the nano coating on the panels, uh, you shouldn't really have to worry about it. Now, come if it comes through a haboob and you have a thick two inch coating on your panels, then yes. But just just typically, you know, we don't have those high boobs every year. Um, the little bit of rain that we do, the precipitation that we do receive here is enough to keep keep your panels clean. No, that's really good. And then how does it, you know, we know aesthetically it's come a long way. I, I see a lot of solar power installed and there's different ways to hide a lot of it, especially on the roof systems we have here in Phoenix. You know, how have you seen that from a resale perspective? Has there been an impact when someone's looking to sell their home that they have solars, they're pro or con to it? So the the only con to solar on your home as a resale is if it's leased, okay? Okay. Because, because now the owner has, the new buyer has to qualify for the remaining um, lease that's on the home because it's a lien placed on the home. And and so walk us through that because you talked about this earlier. So if when when you said it's really minimal expense, you know, if you're hiring a licensed company because you can do the financing essentially. So let's just say hypothetically, I'm putting in a system. It's going to be a ten thousand dollar system, my cost, and so I can do one of two things. I can either elect to just write a check for ten thousand if I'm in that position to do so, or you know, I can finance it, sign you know five, ten year, whatever it is on your terms, and make monthly payments. Right. Sure. And, yeah. and, and if I'm, if, if I'm making payments for 10 years and I've been through five years, so what essentially what it is, is I go to sell my home, the new person coming in has now to take on the responsibility to take over ownership of those five years of payments. If, if you're leasing when your mm-hmm. ownership, what happens is there's no liens placed on your home. So basically what you do is the home has now created equity, um, because their ownership program, uh, program. CNN Money and Realtor.com basically says for every dollar that solar saves you, Brad, it's like adding 10 to 20 dollars worth of equity to your home. So we pretty much save our customers a thousand dollars a year, our, our monthly, excuse me, a year. So that's like adding 10 to 20 thousand dollars worth of equity to their home. So now I really I'm I'm real transparent when it comes to the equity of what solar brings because it's sometime it is confrontational. So the real number what the equity is anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand that you can ask for uh, for for the savings that your system produces for your home. So now when and, you have a go ahead. No, no, go ahead, D. 
So so now when you have an ownership program and you have that new buyer that's coming in and you've only been living in your home for five years, you can take the the balance of the system and roll it into the cost of the home based on the equity that the, the system produced for you. And there's no lien attached to the home. And then the, the buyer uh, gets a home that has upgraded insulation, water, heater, pool pump, and pretty much a zero dollar utility bill. That's interesting. So so when you say that, though, are appraisers taking that into consideration? If I was appraising your home and let's just say the comps are three hundred thousand dollars for this house in this neighborhood. Am I looking at that as a, do they understand that from a banking appraisal side where I'm looking at this now and saying, OK, if they have solar power, OK, this will appraise at three hundred and fifteen thousand. One hundred percent, because you have to compare um, apples to apples and oranges to oranges. And uh, you can ask for way more than the 10 to 15 thousand, like I said earlier. But that's the, that's the sweet spot that the appraisals usually try to uh, stick with uh, is in that 10 to 15 thousand dollar range as far as what their system is worth for that home as far as value added. Which is a really strong number. I mean, when you think about it, Arizona, let's just talk about our home designs. All the homes that we build have a swimming pool. You know, most homes have a pool because it's, you know, we have great winters, but the summers are extremely warm. And you could spend seventy, eighty thousand dollars on a pool very easily. Yet when it's appraised, they have just a target, not yeah. even a target, they just have a standard rate of roughly ten grand, maybe fifteen yeah. grand. So and that's it. Same I mean, thing. If you have a pool, you get ten grand. So essentially they have a same not multiplier, but a same line item for solar power. Sure, exactly. Well, that's amazing, D. So anything else that we should know, uh, you know, about solar before we wrap this up? Um, just the benefit of solar on the environment is, is huge. And, you know, I think we need to always leave leave whatever we do better than what we found it. And that's the environment if we if we can. Uh, for example, you know, with with the, the programs that we do here at Pure Energy, you know, we're improving each state that we're in one water at a time. Uh, we've done over 20, 20 megawatts of solar panels installed across Arizona, North Carolina, and Florida, uh, which pretty much Brad, offsets carbon emissions equivalent to uh, planting 653,000 trees or, you know, removing 1.3 billion miles of driving distance or nearly 13,000 cars from the road. Um, you know, also uh, with switching those homes, switching over to renewable energy, uh, we've been able to avoid over 590 million pounds of coal being burned, uh, you know, instead of, you know, them using the their electrical system so you know my thing is 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 about just being you know conscious to the to the to the environment you know i love that i love to see companies do that i mean you see uh as we talked about i mean we talked about tesla you know you see the electric cars and you know you know how prevalent they are you're talking about solar power talking about how we can build better contractors and do you know from advanced framing and building science and, and insulation and mechanical to okay let's not be so wasteful let's optimize the resources we have and it, it's funny you say just some of the things that you guys are doing because i had a guest from kohler company on a few weeks ago and kohler has a program where they're not only in their manufacturing facilities reusing waste like so wasted product is they're cutting from their molds and other products they're using it to make tile and and, and many other things which is really neat but they're also they have their environmental side where they're planting trees and doing uh, charity work all throughout the world, right? To essentially help our, our global system. Absolutely. Well, D, you've been amazing. I mean, honestly, I, you know, I know everyone listening, they don't have, uh, understand that actually D and I are, are really good friends and have known each other for a long time through sports and basketball and 
you know, after this COVID thing, it'll be nice to uh, to dominate you again, D, which will be fun. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell the truth, truth, man. We're not brothers. I mean, uh, friends, we're brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. We'll have to. And now restaurants are open. We could probably go out to dinner again soon. So, which yeah, is good. Sounds good. Blue Wasabi sounds amazing, but Don, you've been amazing. So where can our listeners find you? You know, from websites, social media. I mean, where uh, where could they find out more? Uh, we have a, a big uh, platform on Facebook. Um, you can you can uh, type in PE Solar. Also, our website is PESolar.com. You can come check us out and uh, just Google me. Google me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Don. You're the best, man. Thank you for making time. Thank you, sir. Thank you all for tuning in to the episode today. And again, it'll make a huge difference if you can go on and please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. It helps a lot. It means a lot for analytics so we continue to bring the show with these amazing guests and information to all of you. So whether you're on SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes, it doesn't matter if you have an Android or Apple device, uh, you should be able to work on any of those platforms. Give us a five-star, subscribe, and thanks so much as always. And don't forget to reach out. If any of you have questions, send them to us. Uh, we'll try to get guests on that can answer those questions and, and definitely provide that insight.